Welcome to another episode of Stand By Your Band. I am Tom Takar, the Wolf of Dog Street, here for another week. Joined, as always, by the Prince of Snarkness himself, Tommy McNamara. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. I'm very excited to talk about this band today. We've got we've got such a good show today. Uh, let's not even waste any damn time. We've got the hilarious Graham Clark, co-host of one of my favorite podcasts, Stop Podcast Yourself. Graham Clark is here with us today. How are you, Graham? I'm doing all right, Tom. How are you? I'm uh, I'm all right. You you called attention to it earlier, but uh, a man with two ceiling fans has no room to complain. <laughs> That's right, because the room there's is too some full. people with zero out there that are that are toughing it out. So I I'm among them. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, right. Your own yeah. co-host. You can't spare one to your own. Look, co-host. I couldn't spare a fan. You had two ceiling fans this whole time. Yeah, you never told me. You know I don't have a ceiling fan. Um, I don't have air conditioning, but I have two ceiling fans. I'm in uh, beautiful Los Angeles for another couple weeks, and I'm uh, about to make what some might call the dumbest move of all time, which is moving back to Brooklyn. Um, and I, I need people to know I'm not one of those people who uh, who left New York because of Corona. I've been gone since January because of uh, work stuff, but I'm going back into the heart of all of this like a fucking idiot. And, uh, but yeah, for now I've got two ceiling fans. So that's pretty Do you nice. do it? Are you moving back because you miss it or? It's a couple things. I, I do miss it, but it's, it's almost stupid to move back for that because it's not the same. Like it's not, right. it's not like I can do any of the stuff that I wanted to do before, but I have an apartment there and my cats are there and our subletters are moving out. So we kind of have to also, if stuff starts to open back up, there's some stuff that I kind of need to be back for. So right. I, I'm like, uh, I, as of now, we have a show at my uh, my Brooklyn show, Good God, at uh, the Sultan Room. Right now, we've got a date to come back June 28th. I don't know if that's going to happen. If it does, it'll probably be on the rooftop. But hey, if you're in Brooklyn and feel like going to a show, <laughs> I also am supposed to be. I'm supposed to be at Doctor Grin's in uh, Grand Rapids in the first weekend of June, and it hasn't been canceled yet. So. If it doesn't get canceled, I'll, I guess I'll be there. I don't know how that's going to work or anything, but uh, there you go. Um, these are all potential dates. These are my potential. <laughs> it's weird to give plugs that are like this now. <laughs> plugs are <laughs> such are a absolutely. weird. Um, have you been doing, uh, are you in Vancouver right now, Graham? I'm in Vancouver, yeah. Hell yeah. Are you, what's it like there? Doing, yeah, what's it like there? Um, it's, this is a, this weekend was the beginning of uh, what they call phase two, Mm. which was a lot of businesses are allowed to open up as long as they can keep distance and all that kind of stuff. Um, so some businesses are going to reopen and some aren't because Mm -hmm. some, some can do, you know, by appointment kind of work like salons and stuff like that. But, you know, like, uh, a lot of stores won't open because you can't keep that distance, you know? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Man, I uh, I'm so torn on all this stuff, and I don't even like I don't like talking about it too much because it just starts to bum me out. And uh, yeah, and then like the whenever I, like that when I got the email that they gave us a date for that show in Brooklyn, I was like, oh my god, maybe it, things are gonna. And then it's like, yeah, but there's no cure and there's no vaccine, so it's all yeah. the same shit. But yeah, anyway, it's like uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I have a weekly show that I have no idea when that's gonna come back. Yeah, um, you know maybe july we'll see 
it's so, it's so dicey because it's like even when it starts back up, we don't know what it's going to look like for audiences, how many people are going to be able to come, and all that stuff. And as we all know, the summer is the hot time to be running a comedy <laughs> show. People love coming inside in the summer. <laughs> it is notoriously the time a lot of places cut back their business anyway for comedy. So great time yeah. to really uh, step back into it. Have you been doing any of these Zoom shows? I did uh, kind of at the early stages. I did a couple, and I was immediately like, "This is not for me. I don't. I do not like this." And I, you know, I appreciate that there are people like it fits with what they want to do, and you know. But I just right away I was like, "This is awful." Sure. <laughs> so, yeah, there's definitely ones that I do where immediately you can tell, like, "Oh, this is gonna be weird. It's gonna be way worse mm-hmm. than the other ones." And sometimes it's that you're just not. A, I I've found myself doing one or two a week just out of if anybody asked me to do something at this point there's really no right. room to say you're busy <laughs> so i you could say you're busy fixing your two ceiling fans that's i look <laughs> do i have two or three i do i, I do only have two oh so. shut up with your embarrassment <laughs> of riches yeah yeah really rubbing some salt into the old wound there <laughs> um yeah i uh, I yeah I, that, I I guess I need to start using that as a as an excuse. Tommy, you got any of those shows coming up? Have you have you been doing? I've been doing a bunch. I I, I told Tom this. Uh, I was bad. I got bumped in one, and it made me so <laughs> freaking mad. I was supposed to go second, then all of a sudden, new lineup change. I'm going fifth. I was as, furious. I'm sorry, dropped in. <laughs> <laughs> he just came in during your set, <laughs> or like that Amy Schumer thing where she kicked. Uh, <laughs> She's like running her ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, look, I'm, I'm doing a quarter. Quarantine SNL <laughs> monologue. That's great. Like, I don't know about you guys, but it, it feels weird to be doing it in your own place. Yes. Like, definitely. Like, I'm just so used to going somewhere and then that being the place. And so doing it at home, I'm like, not as yeah. funny as I would be at a club, you know? For sure. I, yeah. There's definitely that. There's also a lot of times you're. It's weird with these because so often at comedy clubs or shows or something, you kind of can live under the delusion that only the audience is watching and none of your peers. And in this situation, it's only your peers that you're seeing. And yeah. it's like, because you're seeing, unless, like, to, on our show, uh, Good God, which is uh, every Tuesday, check it out on holdthephone.tv on uh, Twitch. Um, on that show, we have a small live audience that we can hear laughing and stuff, so that helps. Right. But seeing a friend of yours just stone face you is is one of the worst. <laughs> uh, yeah, just feelings. give you this, like. <laughs> <laughs> and often I'm uh, finding myself being the one doing that um, because I, I actively I've, I've been having a couple drinks before I do these um, Zoom shows because. They make me. I found at least the first few made me wildly uncomfortable, and I was yeah. I was way more nervous to do them than normal stand up. And obviously, it's because it's a totally different thing. Even though I was in my own home, I was just very anxious. And then I was, uh, yeah, having a couple drinks, and then really finding myself. Uh, if somebody said something I didn't like, I was really in the comments there. And usually, it was a friend of mine, and I was giving her a little <laughs> razzin, but. Um, yeah, good God! Every Tuesday, see me have a few drinks and probably say things I'll regret to my friends the next day. Um, 
nonetheless, uh, we should uh, we should get started on today's topic because it's it's quite a doozy. I can't believe it's taken us this long to cover this band, but we're talking Smash Mouth today, and I couldn't be more excited. Yeah, you're damn right. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we should just go ahead and play All Star. Just to, yeah, I feel like let's speaking. give the people a taste. Who are we kidding? You know, let's let's give the people what they came for. That's this, right is the song that you know and if you don't love it get the fuck out of here You know how it goes. <laughs> yeah, you know it. Exactly. <laughs> you know it. Is, is there a song that's been in more movies than that song, I wonder? You know what? There's one, and it's another one of their songs. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so funny if if uh, Then the Morning Comes is one more play. <laughs> So, like, uh, have you ever heard the story about how All Star ended up in Shrek? No, yes. but I was just reading about it. Uh, but no, I, I don't know the story. Um, basically, uh, the the filmmakers they wanted like an upbeat, up tempo kind of song for the opening of Shrek, and they uh, didn't want to use All Star because it had already been in Mystery Men. So they were like, well, we'll hire a musician and they'll create a sound alike. And uh, they then the producers watched it and they were like, why didn't you just use All Star? If you're just going to make a song like All Star, just use All Star. So they ended up using it. God, Man. to be in Shrek, Mystery Men, and Rat Race is such an early 2000s. It's unbelievable. It's really uh, the hat trick that everybody would want. <laughs> That's it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's like, I don't, I don't know. That's probably the catchiest song from that whole decade. Like I, I, I defy you to come up with a catchier song than All Star. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't. I, I really can't. We've we did a whole episode basically about Mambo Number no. Five, and still I don't <laughs> think that uh, that song can even touch. Because with this song, I have to tell you, I we, uh, Tommy and I, I think both probably read the same oral history. From Rolling Stone. It'd be very uh, funny uh, if there were two competing oral histories (laughs) about the song All Star. (laughs) I I read the QAnon uh, oral history. (laughs) You read the people's history of All Star. (laughs) Howard Zinn's. uh. It would be great if there was like a Last um, Dance-esque 10-part series about the uh, All Star. But I would love that. I would love nothing more than uh, finding out there was a ten-part documentary. There really Smash should be. Mouth. I'm realizing I would. Uh, I would really take a ten-part doc about probably anything at this time. Um, yeah, inclu- including that. But I, um, I, we both read uh, this oral history, and it, at first I was reading it, 
and in my head, kind of making fun of the band. Like I was like, this song, it's insane that we cared this much about this goofy ass song, and that. Yeah. And what's really annoying is that the lead singer, uh, shit, what's his name? Steve I, Harwell. Steve Harwell, Steve that's Harwell. right. Yeah. He's so annoyingly confident about them and about this song. And then yeah. I put the song on and I was like, God damn it, I still like it. I, there's some <laughs> yeah. part of me that still likes it. It makes yeah, sense that they were able to tour still out of it. Yeah, and it's like, uh, it's weird because um, their first album was nothing like that song at all mm-hmm. it was more like uh it's like ska punk and ska yeah. yeah and and then uh that that album that uh, all-star came out on astro lounge was more all like really catchy pop kind of hits and uh i love it i mean i i loved it from the first time I heard it, and now if I ever hear it in a grocery store or whatever, I'm like, yes, this is, this is good. <laughs> this is good for me. This is good music. And they they claim multiple times in this oral history that they changed music forever. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I believe that there's a quote in there where uh, he says, we did it again. We changed music again. <laughs> I, I have a few quotes I wanted to read from this. Um, yes, yes, so yeah, yes. Here's some Harwell quotes. Uh, yeah, the song just won't go away because it's one of those songs. It's like fucking Led Zeppelin, Stairway to Heaven. It's like fucking Leonard Skinner. You have songs that don't go away. We were blessed with that, with All Star. Here's another one. Uh, I knew- well, so everybody from Led Zeppelin to Leonard Skinner. Those are <laughs> Just the L volume of his encyclopedia. That's all the bands he knows. And he doesn't even say Sweet Home Alabama. He just says Stairway to Heaven. the whole catalog of Leonard Skinner. I knew it was going to be... This is all Harwell. Uh, I knew it was going to be timeless. I knew the second I heard it. The second I heard the first lyric, I said, this song is going to change music forever. It's going to be licensed in every sport, everything you can think of. Every sport. (laughs) Yeah, all of them. But it, but it has been like every, every kind of sports game that I've been to in the last ten years. I've definitely heard All Star. Mm-hmm. It's because you were playing it. Out of the, <laughs> that's uh, right. Boombox. But that still counts. That still counts. <laughs> uh, I wanted to read one about how they wrote it. So the Steve Harwell didn't write the songs. Greg Camp did, who was the guitar yeah, right. player. Apparently, on the, the on the first album, they all wrote and. Uh, there's kind of a funny thing where they they were very all over the place stylistically, and they had this one big hit off of that album, Walking on the Sun, and yeah. it was the only song that sounded like it was the only one that was poppy, and Camp wrote that one, and uh, away from the band. He wrote it before they even formed, all, or before he joined the band, and... Um, and then they immediately, as soon as they realized that's the only hit, they go, yeah, that other album fucking sucked compared to, like, they really <laughs> threw it under the bus. Uh, but then they just decided to have camp right, basically. Yeah, and um, they, uh, it's, we'll get to, might as well be walking on the sun, but the backstory to that, I don't know if that's in the oral history, but it's bizarre. <laughs> the backstory to it. Let's, Tommy, what's this quote? Oh, yeah. So this is about them writing All-Star. This is a Greg Camp quote. And he says, Paul and I would go to laundromats on the road, and we would bring a bag of laundry and a bag of fan mail. <laughs> back when back when people used to write on pieces of paper. We'd read the mail and do our laundry, and we noticed there was a common thread in the letters. Kids thanking us for being their band. They were outcasts. They were nerdy. And we picked up on stuff like that. 
Um, I love this quote because, first of all, <laughs> the image of being in the laundromat with a bag of fan mail. I'm always so depressed at the laundromat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if I saw someone with a bag of fucking letters about how great they were. Tommy, we gotta yeah. do that. We gotta next time we go to the laundromat together. Um, we gotta we we gotta print out all of our uh, iTunes reviews and, and yeah. just read through them. Present them like Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street, just a giant mailbag. It's <laughs> <laughs> filling out everywhere. Uh, I want to read a, a couple quotes that are right after that from Harwell, uh, where he because because Greg went and wrote and came up with this song like on his own i think uh he came up with i think both of these hits off of the album because the, the label told them the album wasn't going to have any singles like walking on the sun they weren't gonna they weren't gonna top that album with this album with what they had because they hadn't written all star or then the morning comes so greg goes off and he writes these two songs has a demo tape with it and uh and harwell harwell says it was Greg singing, so it didn't sound like it should. Not talking shit, but I am. It sounded a, it sounded a little feminine. Didn't sound rock and roll. Once I got my hands on it, we turned it into Smash Mouth. Then he says, um, I'm not going to toot my own horn, but nobody else could have sang that song. It, it would have never been what it is now. I could have pitched that song to a million bands. And they would have tried to do it, and it would have never been what it is. How, I love that he's like, I'm not talking shit, but I am. And I'm not tooting my <laughs> yeah. own horn, but you could give this song to a million bands, and no one else would make it a hit. I just don't <laughs> believe that to be true. Um, but, like, you know, I think I feel like he's the guy who came up with the big pause between some and body. At the very <laughs> I feel like that was him. And that's he, that's what he brought to the table. Like, what if we space it out a little? He's like, I and gave it to Dylan. Dylan was like, somebody. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah, so many people wanted to rush through that, but he really made a meal out of it. Yeah, that's right. He took his time. Um, before we stop talking about All Star, I did want to play the audio of the rat race scene just to uh, yes. have some, <laughs> just yes. to relive that moment in cinema history. This is beautiful timing to buffer. Love that. <laughs> They're realizing they're at a concert. like a crazy thing to tell a crowd of people and them to all like understand it and cheer (laughs) how do you guys feel in general about bands appearing in a movie it feels weird to me it's always felt weird to me and i'm like what's in it for the band Mm -hmm. to be in right this film playing in the background i I guess it's it's very rarely cool 
Um, I'm trying to think of any examples where I was I was really psyched about. It. I remember thinking it was awesome that uh, Vanilla Ice was in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> that that was a very cool. <laughs> the only time that it pops into mind of me enjoying it is Wilco being in Parks and Rec, or Jeff Tweedy, I guess, just being in Parks and Rec. Yeah, and um, I liked Alice Cooper in Wayne's World. Like, that was a fun. Mm-hmm, he was, like, sure. poking fun at who Ooh, he is. You know what? I'm full of shit. I love when this happens. Like, when Billy Idol's <laughs> in uh, The Wedding Singer. It's great. great yeah, moment. pretty good. Yeah. I guess, yeah, I guess it's overall, we're coming up with examples that are great. <laughs> I can't think of another example. Well, to counter, uh, there is Sugar Sugar Ray and Scooby-Doo would be my counter. And when, when, what's the counter? <laughs> when is the counter yeah. coming? <laughs> are you guys excited uh, for Scoob? <laughs> I don't think I'm going to watch Scoob. You're going to miss Scoob? All right. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm like fine with... Uh, uh, Scooby Doo meets Kiss, which is my favorite of all time uh, <laughs> crossover. <laughs> yeah, damn, I'm having trouble. If you can think of uh, if of an iconic uh, group being in a movie situation where it kind of sucks, tweet it at us. <laughs> Go ahead, yeah. Stand by your band and uh, Graham Clark. Um, I feel like there was a movie that was a Canadian movie that was the equivalent of Road Trip. And I think it was called Going All the Way. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, Avril Lavigne is in it, and it sucks <laughs> really badly. <laughs> and I like Avril Lavigne, but I was like, this is terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, damn it, I just thought of one and then lost it. Uh, shit. Um, yeah, I feel like uh, they're a great band for this, though. I'm trying to think if there's ever been any like cartoon ones other than Scooby Doo that have uh that have been fun. Oh well, the Simpsons, Simpsons has had a lot. Has done it a yeah. lot. The Simpsons have a lot. Yeah. yeah. Scooby Doo really did do a cartoon with kids. That I was yeah. just making that up. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, I yeah, I feel like this band is perfect for that though. And they they really are a band that's just made for this era, and I don't think they could have existed in any other space. They fit into such a little pocket here. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. And it what's fucked up is that as much of a as an asshole as Harwell seems in these interviews, he's right. He gets to win. He's right. That that's right. They did change music forever at <laughs> that time. Like it, it shouldn't have done that, but it did. It's crazy. Yeah, and also like the fact that you know back in those days, like licensing your song to a film or whatever was considered like not cool, mm-hmm. and they did it, and now everybody does it. Yeah. So sure, they changed the game in terms of like let's get paid. Yeah. And. uh yeah, people are doing it now all over the place. Well, now everyone's excited if someone like kind of sells out in any way. <laughs> you know, it's always like, oh yeah, hell yeah, yeah, get the money. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's corporate money. Why were we mad at them? <laughs> like, it's, uh, yeah, it's so funny that we would give a shit yeah. about that ever. And then somebody like Smash Mouth gets to come around and make all the money off of it. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. <laughs> I'd be so funny if like. <laughs> If they just snuck that into the Garden State soundtrack, <laughs> All Star was also in there. Um, the, we- uh, they're still touring too. That's something that we haven't brought up. Is that they still tour? They still 
play this song live, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that's. What do you think? Do you think it's like first encore or where where in the set list does All Star? It's got to be a two. They got to do it twice. It's got to be one of those bands. I just you know the, the bands that play the hit twice. Them, the weird thing about them is that they did have. They weren't a one hit wonder in any way. They I, I remember as a kid listening to like six of their songs a lot that were all hits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they I think they had the potential of being a one hit wonder, but I think they're it sounds like the executives were really hard on them and and pushed them to write more hits. Which is crazy because it was Jimmy Iovine um who produced yeah. Born to Run was heading Interscope at that time. So and he you know, he's like one of those famous uh music industry people of all time and he's yeah. responsible for All Star <laughs> in a weird way. This like legend of the music industry. <laughs> That's part of what makes him a legend. That's true. Uh, should we? Well, before I before we get any further into this podcast, I forgot we have a regular segment we haven't gotten to, which is our segment where we go to our friend and foe of the podcast, our resident snob of the show, uh, Jared Thompson, the owner of the Comedy Attic in beautiful Bloomington, Indiana. In our weekly segment, they went to Jared. Here are Jared Thompson's thoughts on the band Smash Mouth. Here we go. <laughs> What's up, y'all? This week's it went to Jared. The boys are going to have a guest on defending Smash Mouth. This is a very ambitious thing because, you know, there really is no d- defense of them in the way that you would normally defend a band that there's sort of room to do so. But maybe surprisingly to our regular listeners, I actually... You know, it's bad. There's no way you could argue that it's not bad. What you could argue is that it's fun, like the Partridge family or something like that. But nobody would argue that it's good. So there's that. But the thing about bands like Smash Mouth, and there's a lot of artists and bands throughout history that are kind of in the same boat, is I give them a little bit of leeway because it doesn't seem like that they really think they're good. It's like one of the reasons that the Red Hot Chili Peppers show up on my most, like the, who I think are the worst four bands, is because like they were like, we could be the Beatles, like when they're making music. Like they think that they're sort of like white funk's answer to like Led Zeppelin as far as how they're like making music and i just would find it very hard to believe that smash mouth ever believed that i think that they just kind of assumed that they were going to be party music or whatever so there is always going to be room for trash like this on the radio and you know to their credit they've stayed around longer than anyone would have thought and but yeah i mean it's just it's it's really, 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 really bad. So, all right, thanks. <laughs> See, but even in his uh, in his rant against them, he couldn't. He couldn't. Uh, he needed to admit that they were fantastic <laughs> for what they are. I'm yeah. shocked by that review. I thought it sounds like Jared's heart has grown nine times. <laughs> nine times. <laughs> I really thought that uh, he was going to go a little. I mean, saying they really, really suck is is probably not good. But somehow he made it feel like positive. <laughs> so yeah, like I think it's the um, you know, like it is. It's like it's like party music. It's like. Uh, 
you know, like the early Beach Boy stuff. Like it's, you know, like just songs that you don't need to know. They don't make any sense or anything. They're just poppy. And you're like, I just know this song and it will be with me my entire life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that weird to think like they they made this song. We will know this song Forever, it's never Forever. going to not be. We're never going to go. Oh yeah, All Star. It's just around. Forever. Yeah, it's yeah. If you get stranded on a deserted island, you're still going to have Mashmouth in your head. Yes, like it will still be there. <laughs> it's and you can recall it. Going to be so readily available to you, like in your yeah. mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just their their all time champ song and. Uh, you know, it's a can't miss. I think if you played it at a wedding, everybody would get up and dance. And it's just one of those songs. It's like Wooly Bully or something, you know? True. <laughs> it, is, it is our generation's Wooly Bully, I think. <laughs> and thank God we have one. How embarrassed yeah. would we be if we didn't have our own Wooly Bully? <laughs> oh, I thought of another band that made a cameo in a film, and it was the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones in Clueless. Yes! Yes! That's yeah. I kind of like that one too, though. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, so, <laughs> was Blues Traveler in anything? For some reason, in my head, I'm picturing them uh, playing the old runaround in something. I um, think you're right. But I, I think that's because I remember. For some reason, I've seen who John Popper is. Yes, and it must be a movie. <laughs> well, he could have seen his mugshot from when he got arrested for all the guns in his car, but <laughs> that might be the other. Going to say he got arrested for all the harmonicas on his. <laughs> That's what he calls his guns. <laughs> a lot of tough guys will flex and go, "Welcome to the gun show." He just pulls out a jacket full of harmonicas. Yeah. He's... <laughs> I did want to talk really quickly before we play another song about. Um, I just thought it was really interesting. Steve Harwell, before this band, was in a rap group, uh, yes. which is, I think, key to understanding him as a person. <laughs> and Absolutely. the rap group was Absolutely. called Freedom of Speech, FOS. Oh. <laughs> I haven't looked this up. Um, Tommy doesn't like me to get political on the show because he says that Republicans <laughs> listen to podcasts too, famously. Um, he says Republicans get on the Patreon too. But I, is he a Trump guy? Because that sort of thing sounds like it, but I feel like he's not. I don't think he is. He's like a weird... I, I think it's... He's... It is weird that he's not a Trump guy. Everybody should be, <laughs> yeah. right, Tommy? <laughs> <laughs> cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. <laughs> well, I'm not sure if he's the one who runs the Smash Mouth Twitter account, but the Smash Mouth Twitter account is very active. And it's like always getting into feuds with people. There was like a feud with Billy Corgan. There was a feud with Bryce Harper. There's a feud with the. Like, he's like he's yeah, like constantly with Bryce Harper. I I found the tweet. Let me see. <laughs> it's really. I funny. like wrote to them and they wrote back through the twi- uh, Twitter. And so I don't know. I feel like it's Steve Harwell is operating the. Twitter yeah. Account. What uh, was your interaction with them, Graham? I uh, I just I can't remember what I said. But it was something about uh, just like listening to the Fonz or something like that, <laughs> and they acknowledged they were like, "What what a great song" or whatever they wrote back. <laughs> but they did write back, which I thought was pretty cool. 
Yeah, that he tweeted it. Um, cool. <laughs> he tweeted at Bryce Harper. Yo, Bryce, told you not to go to Philly, jackass. The Giants <laughs> fans never boo their own players. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you were led by money only to swim in a sea of booze now. <laughs> Oh, B O O S. Yes, a C of B O O S. Yes. <laughs> well, I was thinking because a lot of people accuse him of being a big old booze mm. bag. I've been in those dark waters at those sea of booze. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah, I don't know. I read something about their Twitter, but it was from like eight years ago. <laughs> but I found this. Uh, uh, oh, where where is it? Somebody. It's it came up really weirdly. Uh it was about them uh eating eggs. Uh mm-hmm. about Harwell specifically. Uh it says the the title of this is it's on something awful, it's a forum. It says Harwell humiliated after eating eggs. After being <laughs> forced to eat eggs. Apparently somebody at something awful decided like challenged the lead singer of Smash Mouth to eat uh, two dozen eggs to raise money, and for some reason he got into this. Like he decided to either do it or be. I didn't finish. The, I for some reason it was hard to find what ended up happening with this. But apparently he didn't eat the eggs himself. Tommy, did you tell me that? So so he ended up doing it in front of a big crowd. Um, and he had <laughs> so it was twenty four eggs, oh, and then. Shit. He ended up doing it with the help of people from the crowd and Sharky, the San Jose Sharks mascot. <laughs> this is great. Uh, which is just a perfect American story. And, uh, yeah, I Only thought it was... America. Oh, I guess <laughs> I thought it was, it was to bullshit. raise money for St. Jude's Children's Hospital. So that's how that's see Graham. You have the privilege of having free healthcare out here. We got to eat twenty four <laughs> eggs for our hospitals. You got to rely on Smash Mouth for your insurance. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that's yeah, a great. So, that's a great story. That sounds like a Mad Lib. Like, it just like dude, <laughs> did you just say this, Tommy? And I missed it. Guy Fieri prepared the eggs. No, yeah, I was trying to make sure I got it right because I knew it was a celebrity chef that was involved. <laughs> and I remember, like, Guy Fieri, they, when he first kind of came out, everybody was comparing Guy Fieri and Steve Harwell. They, yes. They had the same kind of aesthetic. So there was a lot of, like, a lot of memes with them wearing the same, like, flame T-shirt or whatever. Well, what was really weird at this event, I just watched the video, is that uh, Guy Fieri prepared the eggs and then turned around and asked everybody to close their eyes, and then he changed real fast and turned back around, and then Harwell <laughs> was there. So, <laughs> um, yeah, there was that's also- just a great story. That does feel like it's it's like an internet miracle somehow. Yeah. I do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's one more Mad Libs headline I want to read uh, before we go forward, which is Smash Mouth Singer goes on tirade after being pelted with loaves of bread. (laughs) Was this while he was eating eggs and people were just trying to help him out? This was at the Taste of Fort Collins, and people uh, were just throwing bread at him, and he screamed at them for a while. (laughs) I love it. I love it, because, like... These these guys bread, never breadgate. <laughs> like they they never had to have a real job, and the worst that they've suffered is some people threw bread at them. 
<laughs> like, like it's just so nice that people would throw bread as opposed to anything that's <laughs> sharp or heavy or whatever. Like, just I wish people would throw bread at me. That'd be you know? great. You're living like a bird, then. Yeah. Who doesn't Free bread. Do that? <laughs> I found a headline that feels almost like uh, like a hardtimes.net or something like that, like a, like an onion making fun of Vice headline. But this is a Vice article headline. It's called, We Interviewed the Shit Out of the Dude from Smash Mouth. Yeah. <laughs> what a terrible way to write. I'm going to throw bread at them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's... Uh... I don't know. He was also on um, the kind of early 2000 show, The Surreal Life. And, I forgot uh, about that show. Yeah, and he was like, uh, I think at the time he was trying to lose weight or something. There was some kind of deal with his weight. And uh, it was probably not the least memorable season, except that um, David Arquette's sister was on it. It was a transgendered sister. Ah. Yeah. And so that was kind of the interesting part. And then Steve Harwell was on it also. <laughs> I, I listened to a radio interview of him talking about being on it. And he was very serious and not funny in any way about it. Where he's like, I shouldn't have gone on it. They tried to make a fool of, out of me and I wouldn't let them. And I was like, oh, damn. Like, I guess that's the way to do it. You it's know? the whole point of those shows, yeah. though. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Once you embrace right. that you're going to be on a reality show, I think you kind of have to lean into I'm a cartoon. And I yeah. like, and yeah. otherwise, what's the point of even being on it? Yeah. I mean, money, probably. They yeah. Probably I guess get that's paid true. something. But yeah, I think you're right. I think if you're going to lower yourself to be in a uh, you know, reality TV show, just go all the way. You know, be the most reality TV that you can be. Yeah, I think it's the best way to go. Um, we should listen to some more music. Let's. Should we hear "Walking on the Sun" next? I think so. The, I this is the first hit. Yeah. Let's. Um, yeah. Let's hear that first hit, the one that they thought they were going to be a one-hit wonder with, which is crazy in retrospect. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. Um, and this is the album is called "Fush You, Mang." Uh, I believe that's how it's pronounced. That I was wondering correct. how it's pronounced. That makes way more sense than what I was thinking. What a song. Amazing. I love Beautiful. it. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's a, like, uh, I know exactly where I was when I first heard it. I was uh, working a part-time job, and it was like one of the songs that was in heavy rotation on the radio. And uh, it was like, 
th- it was that and Steal My Sunshine were kind of contemporaries uh. of one another. And, uh, yeah, I loved it. I loved it from the first time I heard it. And I was like, these guys are here to stay. I knew they were going to be having more hits. <laughs> you were ahead of the label on that one. Yeah, I was like uh, in Back to the Future. I was like Marvin Barry, <laughs> like calling calling my friend saying, hey, you know that new sound you're looking for? <laughs> well, listen to this. It's funny listening back to that and remembering that I really, really liked this music, and I, I still enjoy, I still enjoy that song, and it's almost like I have to separate the art from the artist, even though they haven't done anything. <laughs> they haven't done anything. <laughs> it's just the look of that, like looking at them in those hats and stuff. It's like it just feels like they, like they were pre-incel or something, but they're also cool. <laughs> Like they were cool. I remember hearing the this and being like, "This guy is so fucking cool." And so I do yeah. really like it. Yeah, it's it's like uh, there's all these guys that were like the you know like Guy Fieri is a perfect example where he's like totally benign. He's not uh, bad in any way. Nobody has anything bad to say about him. But he's still like people are like, yeah, but he's Guy Fieri. Like people are still mad at him as an entity. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I feel like Smash Mouth has exists in that same sphere. Absolutely. Um, should we go ahead and hear? Or actually, you had some. You said you, uh, there was something interesting about the the origin of this song. I think. Yeah, the writer, um, uh, whatever his name is, I can't remember. Um, the the lyricist of the band, uh, Greg he, Camp. Yeah, Greg Camp. Uh, he wrote it. Around the same time that like the Rodney King yes. thing was happening, whoa! Yeah. And he he was just like he just said in his head like everything's so awful right now you might as well be walking on the surface of the sun, and that's what? where that came from. What? That is crazy! Oh my god! Yeah, that is really crazy. Yeah, he said the jaunty melody belies the serious nature of the song, which is about the 1992 Los Angeles riots. Yeah. <laughs> The song was basically a social and racial battle cry. What? It was sort of can't. It was a sort of can't we all get along song for the time when I wrote it. It was just about all the things that were going on around me as a young person, and I'm like, God, what is going on? I don't even understand why this is happening. It's like we might as well be walking around a planet on fire. Um, yeah, that's. I would have never guessed that. <laughs> no, me neither. It's, uh, but you know what? Like, who knows where songs come from? Well, <laughs> did you know that uh, All Star actually about the Holocaust? And I had no idea. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's it's much deeper than we were giving it credit for. <laughs> he said, "Yep, what a concept." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's like what's the what's the one band from the '90s? They have a really poppy song, and it's about meth or crack. Um, oh, uh, Third Eye Blind or uh, not Third Eye Blind, but same family of bands. Ooh, because yeah, the one I'm thinking of is the uh, do, 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 yeah, that's do, Third Eye Blind. Do, do. Is Third it really? Blind. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. uh, okay. It's not Never Let Me Go. Shit, which, uh, Semi-Charmed Life. Semi-Charmed yeah, Candle. Semi-charmed life. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's uh, about crack or whatever. Yeah, it's, uh, 
uh, what's the line that like makes it very clear? Uh, I took. He a said, bond. "I'm packed and I'm holding." Is is where it starts out, and which is like he was holding, you know, whatever kind of drug. Yeah, um, and yeah. that's another band that Jared hates and that I truly <laughs> love. Like uh, their first two albums, and even some of the third, I still listen to sometimes. Um, this is a great era. I, you know, this era gets a lot of guff, <laughs> but I have a good time listening to it. Yeah, and I think like uh, there's a show on YouTube that where they get kids to listen to music from other eras and see if they connect to them at all. And I think they universally found stuff from the mid 2000s to be quite fun. Hmm. It is really fun. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of fun, fun sounds happening there, and uh, yeah. And Tommy did that survey with the, all the children he has in his home. Um, anyway. It does. <laughs> no, it does all feel distinctly pre nine eleven. Just the whole thing, like the yeah. sound, all of it. Yeah, and also if you listen closely, there's a lyric where he says. Uh, uh, nothing will ever happen, uh, terrorist wise, in New York City. And yeah, I thought that line wise. was very clunky, but, yeah. <laughs> but we it's all jammed st- out to it. <laughs> the it's how he started old. out on live on stage. He was like, this is a <laughs> this is a controversial uh, song. <laughs> uh, nothing will ever happen, terrorist wise, in. Yeah. New York City. It's like, hey, Osama Bin Laden. (laughs) (laughs) Fush you, Mang. (laughs) Let's play Uh, the other song off Fush You, Mang. um, Because this is the one song on your playlist I had not heard um, before. Yes, this is The Fonz, which is a great title for a song. Yeah, and the reason I know this song is because when I went to college, uh, I w- like worked at the radio station, and uh, they had both of the Smash Mouth CDs, and th- like it was a very thin uh, collection that we had to pull <laughs> from, so I would play the Fonz pretty much every show. Hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I would like sign off with it. I like that. <laughs> I know what's coming. <laughs> yeah, it sounds very... Um... It's it's not like their other songs. It's got like the fuzz going. It's got a little <laughs> almost post grunge kind of thing going. I enjoyed it. And it's also like a song I think that doesn't take itself very seriously. Like it's it's a silly topic. It's uh, it's like a fun silliness. Uh, and that you know I I'm for it. I'm for it in music when somebody goes silly. 
I'm I'm there for it. Like uh, they might be giants. I'm I'm into it. I like silly, hilarious songs. Hell I yeah. love it. That's like you were. So we can t- talk about this for a second. You originally pitched bare naked ladies, and I feel like they're they were the best at that uh, totally. for a long yeah. time. Um, and I don't know uh, who the I modern like that about equivalent is. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like maybe is there. Like Lil Dicky? <laughs> I was about to say maybe Lil Nas X, but um, yeah, I don't know. He's but he's funny. he's really really funny. I didn't. I, we talked. But about he's on the show he's not funny in his songs though. Yeah, he's like a little bit funny, but he's yeah. not. Yeah, I th- I don't know yeah. because he's so funny on Twitter, and that's mm-hmm. what made me like him. Because at first I kind of found that song to be a bit annoying, and then I once I saw how funny he was, I I it made me it opened my heart. Uh, to his uh, to his musical abilities but there's got to be somebody out there that the kids love who's like a silly well taylor swift laughs a lot in her music but i don't find it i don't think we're in on the joke no i think she thinks she's very funny hey (laughs) tread lightly graham you got you got a swift uh maniac over here uh, like recently i watched uh the gary marshall film valentine's day Mm -hmm. and taylor Mm. swift is in that i never saw it uh she is acting so silly in it and you can tell that she's like this is what comedy is (laughs) (laughs) i really wish i could think of a yeah i can't think of anybody who I listen to now who's who I think is like although I, I think that they're not funny within their lyrics much, but I think the national is funny. Like I think that they they have a sense of humor about themselves, but it's it's kind of the opposite with their music where it's like yeah, sad right. boy music. Um yeah. The gorillas yeah, I mean like <laughs> yeah, the gorilla like they have Foo a, Fighters is the same, like Dave Grohl's funny. Uh huh. But uh their music isn't necessarily like funny, I guess they had some sillier songs in the beginning. Well, Big Me has a very funny video. Um, That's right. The Futos, yeah. uh, I love that. Uh, I'll always love that. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Damn, yeah. Every almost everybody I like now takes themselves very seriously. Hmm. Tough. Yeah, it is tough because I, I I know it's out there because that's yes. always a niche that needs to be filled, but. I have no idea who it is. There's got to be a Bloodhound Gang somewhere. <laughs> a new Absolutely. Bloodhound Gang. Yeah. <laughs> Holding it down. <laughs> All right. Shall uh, shall we hear... Let's hear uh, Can't Get Enough of You, baby. <laughs> <laughs> It's great. <laughs> it's great. If you gave that to a million other bands, 
<laughs> None of them could have done it. <laughs> That's right. And it's it's actually it's a cover. Right. I know. <laughs> well, some other bands did. All right, one it. other band could do it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the music video for this, I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's from the Can't Hardly Wait soundtrack. Right. And so uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt is in the music video, and she's like dancing to Smash Mouth song. And at the time, America couldn't get enough Jennifer Love Hewitt. So this was just adding to the catalog, you know? I think we need to go back to that time. It was a simpler time. We used to say, America love Jennifer Love Hewitt. (laughs) Notice how when we love Jennifer Love Hewitt, no terrorism was happening in New York City. Interesting. Interesting overlap there. I'm glad you brought it up. What I think is so interesting is Greg Camp is a really good songwriter. And totally. And he you know, he said that he was taking from sixties music, surf music, yeah. lounge music, and you can totally hear it and it's like I don't know if Steve is right that he needed to be the vocalist for this stuff because I think they're just kind of good songs, in my opinion. I, agree. But, I would yeah. love to hear another version of the same style, like uh, with mm-hmm. the sixties flair to it and the loungy thing and another voice. And I would like to hear it his voice and see if it is as effeminate <laughs> as, as Greg said, or as uh, Steve says, because I, yeah, I'm just as curious because I, the thing is his voice does fit this music very well. Mm-hmm. It's, it is a good voice for it. He's not wrong, but he's the I, astro. Greg's the lounge. Absolutely. <laughs> become astro lounge. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, uh, it's a distinct enough voice that it can only be that him because there's nobody else like, that aped his voice or anything. And I don't think anybody before sounded like him. So he does have a point. Like he does have this raspy, weird kind of voice Mm -hmm. that I haven't, I don't know who else would even be in the running. Like who would, who would be, I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. I'm in the same. Cause it is weird that you can tell he's got like, he's in between singing and rapping almost at times. Like it's, it's a very strange voice. Yeah. Um, Maybe Little Nas yeah. X could. This is where he comes into the conversation. <laughs> Little Nas X, if you're listening, and I know you are, <laughs> you little fuck, um, do a cover of these songs. I'd love it. <laughs> um, let's see. What's the. Uh, let's hear Then the Morning Comes. Because I love yes. this song. Too. I had totally forgotten about this song. And for a second, when I read the track, I was like, oh, did they do a cover of Then the. And then I was like, oh my God, I forgot that I loved this song and it's <laughs> them. It's. It's a it's a great song. Absolutely. Good morning. That's very sick. Push rewind just in time, think anybody, you're gonna do it again. The way that you are, it's just the way that you talk, like it ain't no thing. And every single day is just a place. 
great hangover song, and I love it. For, <laughs> I love it later in the song. When it comes, it moves so slow, kind of like I'm saying I told you so. It's so good. I yeah. I was like, this was my uh, thinking that this was interesting as a kid. I liked this song more than All Star, and I thought that that was mm. well. A they did very too. Weird take. Is that right? The, if you in that. Uh, oh yeah, they thought that that was going to be the breakout. The band hit. liked it more. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And I, yeah, I totally agree. I think it's, I, I like both songs a lot, but there's something about that song that's a little bit more interesting to me. And it was, I, I didn't have Astro Lounge until after I heard, um, and, until way later than I should have, because I heard this song on, uh, I've, I've talked about it not in a long time, actually, but I used to be really into the now, that's what I call music CDs as a kid. And this is yes. on now, that's what I call music volume four. And I, I really, uh, and it, right after, coincidentally, the song Steal My Kisses. Um, oh, wait, we, that's not the song you mentioned. Steal My Sunshine? Steal My Sunshine, yeah. Uh, yeah it's it's sunshine, caked yeah. right between Steal My Kisses and Meet Virginia. And boy, <laughs> what a what a, what a uh, three-piece. Oh, and I Try from... Uh, Macy Gray. From Macy Gray is right after. Then all the small things. What a, man, what an end to an <laughs> album. What a great... Man, imagine if that was all on uh, one band's album, huh? Um, I think it's important that you know that now that's what I call music released their 105th volume this year. Oh my god, that is uh, very important. What would it take for them to stop? What can we do? (laughs) What can we do to stop them? Well, it's like they they won't accept that the music industry has collapsed, and they're still putting out cds and that absolutely know. no one needs a collaboration cd anymore like this. <laughs> yeah there's like, no point anyone can make truly, a playlist you can just look at the billboard <laughs> charts and put it on a spotify playlist yeah. and there you go and it and believe me that's already been done for you if you want <laughs> very uh insane but i still do receive each disc in the mail each month um, yes <laughs> each what month. an insane number <laughs> Man, want to feel old? <laughs> 105. That's crazy. It's, uh, I love it. And they advertise it's the only album you need this spring. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be great if they, they just, to compete with uh, with like Spotify and stuff, they're like, it's the only album you need. We put every song on it. <laughs> like <laughs> Every single song is on this disc. <laughs> you know how many songs? Do you want to guess how many songs are now? That's what I call music 105. Um, um, let's guess. I'm going to guess 22. 22, okay. My guess was going to be 23. Before you said that, I swear to God. That wow. was going to be my guess. Um, you're both way low. It's 46. <laughs> what? <laughs> there are 18 songs on uh, Volume 4. They've really... They've well, if you add our add our numbers together, and we're almost right there. That's <laughs> right. That's true. <laughs> Something to think about. It really is. <laughs> it truly is. Well, we only have one song left, so let's play it. Yeah, let's play it. We had another segment after that. Uh, it's Come On, Come On. Come On, Come On. Hell yeah. Which was also the name of a song by... Fuck, who was that band? I'll look it up. I know the song. Walking out of the door, I'm on my way. Can you tell me just where I'm going? Occupational skills, would you give me a clue? What to do, 
I always love that when they say stop and the music stops. Yeah, so it's good. My favorite uh, story of a song that has the stop in it is uh, you guys know from wrestling Jimmy Mouth of the South Heart. I don't. I don't. Okay, he was a manager. He was like a wrestling manager, and he managed the the Heart Foundation. And uh, he had a hit in the '60s with a band. And they, the hit wasn't long enough to fill up one of the records, so it like it played through once. There was a stop in the middle, and then they played the song again. And that's how they filled it out to be like long enough to be a record. They played the whole thing again. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Just like seeing Smash Mouth at a state fair today, <laughs> you'll uh, you're gonna hear it twice. I Get your that. bread ready. <laughs> This uh this I didn't realize how many movies this song was on the soundtrack for. It's uh it's, it's five bonkers. movies only four of which I know. But Let's uh, do a quiz, Tom. Let's do yeah, let's do a quick quiz of the four that I know. I won't have you do the last one, but I'll give you the years and it's kind of crazy how close together Why, the- why don't you do the years in one hint and it'll be me okay. versus Graham. Okay. Uh 1999 is the first one. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll give a, a little summation. It's it's a movie about prostitution. Uh, Pretty woman. Uh, strip. Nineteen ninety nine. Oh, not striptease. What was the one? Showgirls. It's not Pretty Woman. It is not Pretty Woman. It's not Showgirls. It is not Showgirls either. Huh. Ooh. It's a comedy. Also, <laughs> no. comedy about prostitution. Give, it, give us one actor in it, because I don't think we're going to get it. Uh, I'm trying to give you the one that uh, won't give it away, but I can't remember who's in it who's not the star. So I'll just give you Do speak a little male jiggle. That is right. That is well right. done. Well done. I can't remember anybody else who's in that besides Schneider. Um. <laughs> All right. Uh, the next one. Uh, this is another comedy from the year 2000. Um, we gotta the assume they're all gonna movies? be comedies. By the way, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, well, I don't know. Is sh- what is Schindler's List? What <laughs> genre is that? Um, so this is uh, the the movie. Uh, the title of the movie is also a quote from the movie, and it is a comedy. Oh, and I, I'm gonna say. Um, uh, but I don't know if it came out in 2000. Is it Dude, Where's My Car? It is Dude, Where's My Car. <laughs> well done, Graham. Very well, well done. done. Man, that was crazy. Uh, next one is uh, the year 2000, and it is a Nickelodeon comedy. Hmm. Nickelodeon made this comedy. It's not based on one of their shows. Good Burger? I, uh, um. Nope. I just remember being really excited about it. And in the trailer for this movie, I'm pretty sure All-Star plays because I remember being so excited to see it, hoping All-Star would be in the film, and I'm not sure that it is. I don't think Uh, I'm going to get this. 2000. Nickelodeon. Like, what did... Nickelodeon Nickelodeon? picture, like, Paramount, produced by Paramount Pictures and uh, Nickelodeon movies. Is it Um, like a SpongeBob thing? No, no, no. It's not based on any of the shows, which is, I guess, confusing. But to me, it stood out. I just remember being like, oh, Nickelodeon made a, another movie, which is awesome. I'll give I think you. I'm a, out. I'm going to give you a couple of the, uh, the stars here of this film um, Chevy Chase. Oh, wow. And. Memoirs of an Invisible Man. <laughs> no, no, no. We have Chris Elliott in this film. Ooh. Oh, shit. Uh. 
This one you guys might not know. Are there uh, child star? Are there, there child stars there, there and no those child, are the adults? Okay. I don't think there's any stars that like uh, you know came out. There are children in the film, but I don't think any of them would be considered stars at this point. Um, I'm unless out. You, unless you uh, consider Emmanuel Shriki a star. Oh, of course. Well, then it's. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm stumped. Um, I don't know which. Uh, all right. What Chevy? Let me Chase let me read you uh, the taglines that are on the movie poster. Uh, Rules were made to be frozen. <laughs> is one of them. <laughs> and the other ones: roads closed, schools. Snow shut. day. That is, is it called right. snow day. Snow day. Nice. Very well done, Tommy. Very well done. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Thank yeah. you. And the last one: uh, 2002. And I'm just going to go ahead and give you the stars. This will be a race. Uh, Frankie Muniz and Amanda Bynes. Spy Kids. No. no. Uh, big Little Liar. Inter- you're so close. <laughs> it's you're something so like close. that. You're so close. Big Fat Liar. That's Big Fat Liar. Paul Giamatti, baby. <laughs> big Little Liar. <laughs> like it was the HBO show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a show about... <laughs> like a spin-off show just about one of the characters <laughs> the big little liar <laughs> um the last movie i don't remember this but it's called zoom um is it about it's a snail? 2006 it's a it's it's that a, was turbo turbo was about a snail yeah turbo. oh that's, that's right yeah yeah this one is uh uh 2006 american family superhero action adventure comedy huh anyway mm-hmm. Those are uh, those are the songs, and uh, that was a yeah, such a fun song, such a good time. Yeah, I can't and believe I'm not it was in five different from. movies. That's wild. Yeah, and it was also in the trailer for the 2000 film Drowning Mona. Oh, Pretty crazy. Yeah. That's often talked about on the best show, Drowning Mona. <laughs> Is that right? Because <laughs> Pat Byrne like famously hates that movie. <laughs> Former guest Pat Byrne. Former yeah. guest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, this is. I didn't really. I I just love seeing old, uh, like review stuff. But a reviewer for the AV Club referred to "Come On, Come On" as an over the top pop, uh, as as over the top pop in a positive review for Astro Lounge. Like it's just wow. weird to think of this album coming out and the AV Club like raving about it. But because it was like, go. what else were you gonna do? Were you gonna like really dig in and say why the songs weren't to your taste? <laughs> like, True, it's, it's that would be foolish. Yeah, foolish I don't. Move. I, I can't imagine them getting a bad review. I can get see them getting a review like this is better than it should be. But yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Like kind of a double edged compliment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in spite of everything, we like this song. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I just got. <laughs> To merge our Patreon and our main feed really quickly, did you know that Car Seat Headdress collaborated with Smash Mouth? Whoa. No, are you serious? I'm looking at a Pitchfork article called Car Seat Headdress Explain What's Up With That Smash Mouth Collaboration. That's this amazing. is insane. <laughs> There's, all layers all... <laughs> There's layers to Smash Mouth. There's layers. So listen to this Smash Mouth... <laughs> In in August, out of the blue, Smash Mouth told Carsey Headrice that "Drunk Drivers Killer Whales" was one of the best songs of 2016. Which I love I totally that song. agree. Yeah, <laughs> that's insane. I can't believe this. That's like one of my favorite songs of of uh, the last five years. That's like it. my me too. Yeah, and then a fan suggested they collaborate. <laughs> 
And Smash Mouth said, we're game. And Carsey Hedra said, let's make it happen. <laughs> this is crazy. I'm very surprised <laughs> to hear this. Uh, what a world. Speaking so, of Patreon. What was the song? Did they, I, yeah, did I, they do it? I think that it's something that will happen. We're hoping something that will happen in the future. Um, I think that this collaboration is what caused coronavirus. <laughs> I think that it's unnatural and uh, God did not like it. Um, <laughs> speaking of the Patreon, get, I, I, we haven't been uh, plugging it. Uh, I just forget to, but we've we've got some new stuff on the old Patreon. We've been doing a weekly segment that, uh, that's been really fun. So get on that Patreon, baby. We love the Piss Freaks, and uh, we appreciate everybody who's on it now and it's only three bucks a month give that's us reasonable. your measly sum the measly sum it's yeah. the measliest of sums <laughs> i got two fans to feed here <laughs> <laughs> um before we wrap this thing up we have one more segment we have to get to and right. that is a weekly segment we forgot to do it last week which i feel bad about because we had so many um responses to our wedding song episode and I just maybe we can make that part of the Patreon. We'll we'll talk about that the sounds good, yeah. responses because I just for, we we ended up going so long on that one that uh, we didn't get to it. But uh, this week, um, each week, I post on Facebook to to get the the vibes and stories from the people from the everyday people who walk amongst us, uh, the lay people, uh, the normies. Yeah. I want to know what their the thoughts hunters, are. Hunters, if you will. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see what they have to say about the band we're talking about, and it's really just the people who are on my Facebook and who see the status and have thoughts. And so we got some comments. We got quite a few, actually, about Smash Mouth. Um, first one that I'll read is uh, uh, Patrick McDonough writes, uh, My girl, give me that Smash Mouth. Uh, either Tom... <laughs> Either one of the Toms on the podcast at least once. Well, you were wrong, Patrick. <laughs> Neither of us said that. But I wish I did. <laughs> <laughs> well done. You beat us to the punch. Neither of us uh, did say that. If if summer, if it was like, uh, if we talked about the talking heads, I think we both would say it. <laughs> My, My girl, girl give me that, that talking talk. head. <laughs> she stopped making sense. <laughs> uh <laughs> Joshua John Voland writes, I've seen some people defend their early stuff as having some sort of credibility, but I think it's probably akin to Sugar Ray, where it's like, yeah, they kind of sort of played punkish music, but it wasn't that great anyway, so who cares? They feel more like a meme than a band at this point. There's a great video of them playing in Colorado and having loaves of bread. We talked about that. Mm -hmm. uh, I highly recommend watching. Um, Jay Mandiam writes... Uh, They've made a career off of remakes. All Star and Walking on the Sun might be their only original hits. That is just not true. That's not true. Um, That's Not true at all. Uh, uh, Joseph Kincaid writes, uh, props to them for having All Star be prominently used in not one, not two, but three movies. Mystery Men, Shrek, and Rat Race. We covered that. Um, let's see. Oh, Soreb Faruzish says, uh, the poor man's bare naked ladies. Weird that we made that comparison earlier. I don't know that I... What do you think about that, Graham? I don't think it's an apt comparison, because, like, like I say, I think the Bare Naked Ladies was kind of like music for nerds, and, uh, <laughs> like, I feel like True. Smash Mouth is not in that same rarefied air, you know? <laughs> that is That is very fair, where it's like, I think that... Smash Mouth is kind of... It's funny, because they said that they use a term that I hate in the... 
when they're discussing why they came up with All Star, which is that like their fans were a lot of nerds, and uh, they they go, yeah, a lot of our fans weren't sportos, which I <laughs> I really find cringy, but sportos. um, but that song is in. Like like you said, any any sporting event you go to, they're playing that song. Yep. It does kind of feel like it's for it can it could be very much ap- applicable to bro culture yeah, of some kind. Whereas bare naked ladies is not that people. at all. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, Adam Cousins writes, uh, "Good dudes just trying to have fun making music." All right, that's nice. I think that's um, fair. Yeah, and I think. There, I remember there being like an onion headline about a guy leading a band, and it was like, band leader goes into fourth decade of doing whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tyler Snodgrass writes, I listened to a Doors album a few months back and kept thinking it kind of sounded like Smash Mouth. Maybe I'm crazy for thinking that, but also maybe it means that Smash Mouth is kind of good, or the doors kind of suck. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, I found Why? that um, I found that Onion headline. It's so good. Yeah, pathetic washed-up rock star on fifth decade of doing exactly what he always wanted. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> that is like we're talking about them throwing the bread at him. Like, oh, what a loser! It's like he's literally, yeah, never had to work a job. Like, yeah, just like got to be doing exactly what he wanted to do his whole life and uh and i do think i I do think the doors comparison is apt because they also had a lot of that organ sound in a lot Mm -hmm. of their songs which which obviously they may they may have picked it up from the doors possible that's possible or vice versa that's true Uh, that's true time machine (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> never discount the time machine <laughs> kevin frolics d- describes a night that i i am very jealous of he says 2015 my wife and i took a trip to disney world for her 30th birthday we drank around the world in epcot ending up in morocco for dinner where we drank more wine by 7 p.m we were pretty drunk and ready to head back to the hotel we went outside and there they were smash mouth doing a 45 wow. minute outdoor concert all of the, the hits great time we were very drunk God, what a great time. At Disneyland? <laughs> At Disney World, it sounds like. Because uh, they're... Uh, or maybe know. it's... I don't think they... Do they have Epcot at Disneyland? I don't Disney know. Disney World. Yeah, so yeah. Disney World. Yeah. What a great time. But, like, that's weird because uh, Shrek is a DreamWorks joint. Mm, it's that's not a true. Disney. Yeah. That is weird. You'd think they'd be at, like, uh, Universal. Yeah, or Six Flags at the very least. Yeah, <laughs> at the very least. Um... <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Sean Blair, uh, Sean Bear Flannery. Uh, I love when we hear great from him. comedian. One yeah, of my favorite comics, uh, Chicago. Uh, he says, "I find it hilarious that when I was a kid and listened to the Beatles or the Stones, parents would react with, well, good music never gets old.' But now that I have my own kids, the only band they listen to for my generation is Smash Mouth. <laughs> and I laugh and laugh, and then I tell them, good music never gets old.'" <laughs> They ask what I'm laughing about, and I don't want to appear as though I'm making fun of them, so I answer, good music never gets old is is a lesser-known studio album by Smash Mouth, which might be true. Um, uh, Carraza, uh, Mike Carraza, the guy who... uh, Great comedian and uh, also uh, created our theme song. I don't think I uh, say that often enough, but yeah, he created. It's our a great theme song. theme song. Great theme song. He wrote, "Truly, they had some great hits, and their cover of Why Can't We Be Friends' is great, Scott." Um, 
Oh, Catherine Hutchins writes, I still listen to Astro Lounge pretty regularly, and I genuinely love that album. There you go. Yeah, I put and it then, on yesterday and just listened to it through one time. And mm-hmm. uh, it was I was like, the whole time, I was like, this is a great end-to-end album. A lot of fun. Hell yeah. It, it really is. Like I said, there's a lot of comments on here, so I'm only going to read a couple more. Um, Tara Ewer writes, they are crap live. They performed a show in a community near mine. Lead singer was obviously hitting the bottle, and they only did a 30-minute set for a large sum of money. <laughs> Been there. <Yeah. laughs> Aside from the money part. <laughs> Rest in peace, UCB. <laughs> yeah, cl- clearly drunk doing a half hour. I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> um, somebody brings up their Twitter being uh, fun. Um, let's see. Dozens of covers. Yeah, let's see here. A band that became a meme too fast. A smash hit. Joshua Sorrell writes... Uh, Let's see. A smash hit that hit so hard that everyone had it at their bar mitzvah, even if they weren't Jewish. Smash Mouth has become a barometer for pop culture and technology's meme abilities from hating them, then loving them again ironically, then earnestly loving them again when we realized we could make uh, make memes like doing All-Star, but every note is C. I don't know what that means. Um, make makes memes. Anyway... Um, Ron Trimbath writes the Smash Mouth Oakland A's Twitter beef was so funny. I hope you talk <laughs> about that. Yeah, that uh, yeah, their beefs very very funny. Um, and what a great time talking about them. And I I, I really liked diving back into Astro Lounge and finding some of these songs. I can't believe I forgot about Then the Morning Comes. I loved that song so much, and uh, it was really fun listening to these. Yeah. And now is the time. Do we? Well, first, Graham, give your final uh, final words. Any thoughts you have that we won't interrupt? Whatever you want to say. I think that uh, Smash Mouth is uh, that generation's Beach Boys. I think that's that's like the closest comparison. Even though they never had their kind of uh, uh, last album, like Happy or whatever, Smile, not Smile. Uh, You know, they and they still might. They're still together. They may put out their own version of uh, uh, the changes the landscape. I have no idea, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Hell yeah! Hell yeah! All right, time for the time for the rate the rating of the playlist. Um, There's six songs, so we rate them out of six, and I I think I'm going to go much higher than I uh, originally. Was going when I when we first thought of uh, when you first pitched this band, I I had a nice little chuckle and I said that's going to be a fun episode, yeah, to to listen and laugh and it has been. But also on top of that, we were given the gift of revisiting some songs that I really did enjoy listening to, and even though uh, there are there are you know were there covers in this one. Uh, yes. Can't get enough of you, baby. Yeah. And then, yeah, do we figure out if "Come On, Come On" that is a cover, right? Or maybe it's not. I don't, I don't know, think it's a cover. It's There's a. They just had it on. They originally wrote it for a different um, thing or something. I, I read something strange about it, but uh, I think I gotta go with a uh, four out of six on this one. I really enjoyed listening to this. I had a great time. Um, some of the songs I don't miss as much as the other as, as the others, but I I really enjoyed it. You know what? As I'm looking over this, I'm going I'm bumping it to four point five out of six. Yes. I, I really have I really had a good time listening to this. Tommy, what do you think? 
Well, here's the thing. It's making me, trying to rate this is making me feel insane because. <laughs> I know, I know. I don't, I don't dislike any of these songs. No, but and, looking at the yeah. song titles, you're like, ah. But then it's like, fun. They, I, I liked listening yeah. to them. I don't know what to do. Like, I think it's all stupid, but I enjoy it so much. And I feel like if I'm ever listening to this in my headphones, put me, send me to an institution, but I enjoy all of it. So I'm going to go really high. I'm going to say five out of six. Holy, Holy cow. shit. <laughs> this is crazy. I would have never guessed this would happen. Yeah, I don't know I what to say. I think the listeners are going to be shocked by this. And uh, you know what? I challenge you, <laughs> listener, who's angry right now, shaking your fist at your uh, your phone. One, to let go of some of that anger. But two, what would you give this in, in, good, in good-natured fun? Mm-hmm. What could you possibly do this? And Graham, you have an opportunity also to, to rate this playlist out of six. Six out of six, baby. That's the right answer. I love it. <laughs> Graham, thank you so much for coming on. This has been so fun. Is there anything you'd like to promote before we get out of here? Um, I, you know, I have my own podcast called Stop Podcasting Yourself, and uh, it's a good, fun time. And uh, this past week, myself and my uh, co-host, Dave Shumka, we were on Jordan, Jesse, Go. So that just came oh, out. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, so that's fun, you know. We're able to do that through the power of the internet. I love it. That's awesome. I love that. Uh, truly, one of my favorite podcasts, and one of the first comedy podcasts I ever heard. Um, it's it's been around for a while. There's it's We're the, an incredible catalog and just a fun. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're now in volume one hundred and five, and each week they have forty three guests. Um, <laughs> no, it's really, really, really fun, and uh, I think if you. If you like the nature of this podcast here, I think you'll you'll love that one, and you'll probably stop listening to ours, which is a real bummer. We hate to lose you, but um, no, thank you so much, Graham. And uh, don't forget, check out Tommy's uh, podcast. Uh, go ahead and uh, tell him where to find it and all that good stuff, Tommy. Yeah, check out my spectacular life. Um, it's on Apple and Spotify. It's a six episode little limited series, kind of fake audio memoir. Check that out, and also my album. Uh, is available for order on vinyl right now. I just oh, got the vinyl. Yeah. Very excited about that from a special thing records. Uh, the links in my Twitter. So get that. It's fun. Hell yeah! I I've said it before on the show. I I'm gonna say it again because I I hope you guys listen to both the album and and get that vinyl. But that podcast is so funny, and I was I've been thinking about it a lot lately because I really loved it, and uh, it's just it's really well done. So so check out Tommy's podcast, and also check out. My new podcast uh, on Comedy Central, Stand Up with Tom Takar, where I get to DJ through my favorite clips on uh, Comedy Central's library. And uh, check out Good God, my weekly uh, live to, to Zoom uh, and Twitch comedy show. It's on holdthephone.tv every Tuesday. And uh, I think that'll do it for this week. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Thanks, Thanks again, Graham. Graham. Thanks so, so much fun. for having me, you guys. Uh, keep it crispy, guys. Bye. <laughs>